Welcome in to the inaugural edition of Storytellers. I am Shirley Rhodes, and I'll be your host for this podcast. And uh, Storytellers is basically going to be a podcast based on the old phrase, everybody has a story to tell. So that's kind of uh, the angle that I am taking with this podcast. And my very first guest is someone I have known for a very long time. I'm not going to actually say how long we've known each other because we're not going to we're not going to go there. So we've known each other for a very, very long time. Uh, we went to high school together. We actually went to college together. We played softball together in high school. Um, she is now the head softball coach at Pitt Community College, Amy Gardner. Thank you for joining me on my inaugural podcast of Storytellers. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited, too, because, well, for one, because I I got you to agree to do this because (laughs) this is not, you've said it a hundred times to me, this is not my wheelhouse. No, I would agree with that. (laughs) So I am super, super excited that uh, you've you've decided to do this. So um, I wanted to kind of go back and kind of go back to where it all began. So... When you were growing up, like, where did your, uh, like, love of sports come from? Well, to be quite honest with you, uh, it got me out of the tobacco field. So my dad... okay, fair. (laughs) My dad agreed that if uh, he was a tobacco farmer and that if I would play sports or had practices or something, I could miss working in the tobacco field. So I found my way to play volleyball and uh, basketball, and then from there I found softball last. Uh, well, and I, to me, I think you're you're one of the uh, the best softball players I've ever seen. But I'm, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm not, I, you know, it's not my place to say. Definitely but with that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but you you said you played uh, various sports, so I know you played softball. You, uh, yeah, you did play basketball. I do remember you playing in basketball school. in middle school because mm-hmm. I sat the bench because so um, <laughs> I think I made an appearance in like one game and uh, it was embarrassing I walked but that's exactly why I did not play in high school yeah I, <laughs> I tried but it didn't work as well I, I discovered that my talent lied in softball um, but uh, so when you got to high school you did um, some some different sport like you did track and field I did as well I and did. Uh, what was your uh, specialty in track and field well, I was shot putting discus, high okay. jump, and the mile relay. Mile relay. Anchor leg of the mile relay. What? Who would believe that? I don't remember that. I do remember you doing shot put, though, because I do remember that. But um, The shot putting discus was probably my best events. Um, I ended up winning the state championship in the discus. Okay. Okay. So, now, the shot put, because I have to ask you this, because in high school, you played third base. If my memory serves correctly, Until senior year when I play shortstop. That's right. I do remember that. And um, but I always remember you had a cannon for an arm. Did the shot putt kind of help you with that? No, actually, it's a totally different movement. If the, really, if you throw a shot putt like a softball, you you won't. Throw well, no, I knew. I know that. I know you can't throw a shot putt because that thing is heavy. But right. like, did it like develop those muscles in oh, your sure. arm? Maybe stronger, of course. Yeah, um, but definitely not the same motion whatsoever. Shot putt, you have to keep it very close to your body um, okay. in order not to hurt your arm. Uh, with a softball, you're going away from your body. Your shoulders rotating. Well, I think that that decision to stay out of the tobacco fields and get into sports kind of helped you because in softball, you were like, well, not in softball, but in high school in general, because I was actually looking at your uh, portfolio here. Oh, great. Because, <laughs> I, look, I have a whole full page. Great. <laughs> um, the uh, you, you were in an all-conference selection in all three sports you played. 
which is uh, a pretty big deal. And uh, because I only got one my senior year, and I was super excited about that. But, um, you know, but when we played softball, it was slow pitch. It was one of the last, it was the latter part of last year. Yeah. It transitioned after we left. That's right. Yes. So we were the last year or the last class, really, to play slow pitch softball in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, And then, of course, we graduated. We went to, to Barton College. You were uh, going to play softball at Barton. Mm-hmm. Now, Barton was fast pitch. So h- how difficult was that transition between going from slow pitch to fast pitch? Well, first of all, it was pure luck that I got on the team. Uh, luckily, they had a new coach, and she didn't have time to recruit. And I walked in and said, I would love to try to play softball. Would you give me a chance? And she says, absolutely. I don't have enough girls right now. You can walk on. Can't offer your scholarship, but I can give you a place, and we can see what you can do. So I really lucked up even getting on the team because um, originally I was going to do volleyball and softball. And because softball had a fall season, uh, I didn't want to – uh, play volleyball and not get that fall season of softball in because I right. needed to learn a new sport because it was right. a totally different sport. So I went ahead and decided not to do volleyball and play uh, softball in the fall and spring. So by the by the end of my freshman year, I had earned a scholarship and a place on the team permanently. Wow. Well, I know. That, yeah. Well, I would think so because you were in all conference selection all four years when you were in at, Bar- at Barton too. Yes. I didn't realize you were going uh, because I actually thought that you had gotten a scholarship. I did not realize no. you were a walk on. That was complete walk on, and it was at the, at the last minute. I just walked into the coach's office and said, "I'd love to play softball. Do you have any spots?" Was that when uh, Cheryl Neff first came in, or was that no, the that coach was before? Motti. Okay, okay, was Coach Motti. Okay, brand new. Um, she had some spots open. She didn't have a chance to recruit. Um, and I know that feeling because that's exactly what I did mm-hmm. this year. And uh, she gave me a chance. Yeah, so. we'll get into that a little bit later. But, um, you know, what is what did you think was the biggest challenge trans- transitioning from that slow pitch to fast pitch as a player? I'll be honest with you. I didn't have a whole lot of difficulties as far as the, the skills because my coaches were amazing. Mm-hmm. My coaches basically said, this is great. You have no bad habits. You have no – because it's a completely different sport. It's a completely different swing. It's a completely different game. Um, everything's different. So I had no bad habits, and I had fabulous coaches. And they, they broke me down and taught me just like I was a five-year-old and taught me exactly what to do. And it was pretty easy, but the, my coaches were amazing. Well, and I think that that's really cool because of the fact that, and of course, you know, we're talking about uh, late 90s. Well, no, by the time we got into college, it was early 90s. 93. Uh, 93. So, you know, it was a different world back then. I mean, because there were a lot of schools, not just us, but uh, there were a lot of schools that were transitioning from Mm -hmm. that that slow pitch to fast pitch, whereas today's world, it is more common um, for high schools to have fast pitch. And of course, you have the travel teams. We didn't have that many travel teams back then. So it really, you kind of did land in a really good spot for someone that has to transition like that. I had never seen fast pitch softball in my life when I stepped onto the field for the first time. Wow. Okay. And you got to be pretty good at that, too. So, hey, you know. Um, Now, what was your major in college? Sports management was my major. Okay. And then I had a minor in physical education and a minor in business. Okay. So, when you graduated from college, what did you do after that? In well, terms of... Well, it was pretty funny because I didn't figure out what I wanted to do until well after college. Um, <laughs> like most of us. 
I started out in college wanting to be an accountant and realized very quickly that was not for me. Being in a room with no windows and not being outside was not going to work. So Mm -hmm. I realized that my freshman year. So I made my way down to the gym. And then in the gym, I started out in sports medicine because I thought that was kind of cool. But then I realized I don't like messing with people's feet. So I couldn't. Sports medicine was not going to be a good choice for me. And then I I realized I love being in the gym. So I I started looking at sports management. I took a lot of the um, PE classes just because Mm -hmm. they were easy. They were easy A's. Um, Learning how to teach PE and learning how to teach kids how to to play and, and how to coach, basically. And I realized I was pretty good at it. So I did that. But the entire time, I swore the only thing I would not do was be a teacher. That was the only thing I knew I didn't want to do. I had Mm -hmm. no idea what I wanted to be, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. And then I graduated and started uh, running a footlocker for the first probably two, three months. Realized very quickly, did not like that job. And I got a phone call from uh, Benny Alexander over at Rocky Mount Academy. And he says, I hear you're a pretty good teacher. And I said, well... I said, I was pretty good at the classes, but I don't have my certificate, Um, really don't necessarily know if I want to be a teacher. And he says, well, I hear you're good. And he says, I need a PE teacher and a coach. And I talked to him for a little while and said, okay, I'm going to take this chance. And that's where it all started. So then I started teaching, coaching, made my way into athletic directing, Mm -hmm. and it just went from there. So you really did you really want to coach initially? I oh, mean, absolutely. Okay, so the coaching was kind of you kind of got bitten by the coaching bug well, pretty early. It scared me to death because I had never done it a whole lot other than through camps and and just teaching and mm-hmm. through my coaches doing it. Um, so I was definitely scared of it. And at that first job, my they always taught you in college when someone interviews you and asks you what can you coach, you tell them anything. So I, I listened in class. So when I was in, sitting in an interview, he says, well, what can you coach? And I said, I can coach anything. He says, all right, you're going to coach cheerleading, soccer, and basketball. That was the three sports I coached to start with. And you're well aware that I know nothing about all three of those. <laughs> so <laughs> Cheerleading especially. Exactly. I, that one, you know, I, I cannot envision you trying to teach someone how to do a cheer or, exactly. you know, wave a pom-pom. Definitely of course, I'm being, I'm being, you know, very vague when i when i say that but <laughs> hey you know you kind of have to start somewhere you do you do and I, and it, it taught me that you can if you can coach you can coach anything it's just a matter of you've got to be smart and figure out what the skills are you need to know how to coach how to deal with the kids and it actually taught me a lot uh, i learned a tremendous about about soccer i knew nothing about soccer it took me about four years to figure out what offsides was Finally figured it out. Um, had very good teams. Um, I learned that you fake it until you make it. If you don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing, you just make sure the kids don't know that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And that worked well with soccer. Uh, you know, that's a good life lesson, really. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that could transcend coaching. That could be going into parenting. That could go into a lot of different areas. So. I agree. Just be confident in what you do and, and make good choices, and it usually works out. Um, well, there, that's fair. Um, so how long were you in uh, Rocky Mount? I was at RMA for five years. Okay, so five years, and then where did you go from there? From there, I thought I had my dream job. Um, John Roberts over at The Zone. He was building The Zone here in town, here Mm. in Greenville. Yes. It was an indoor batting cage, um, lessons, uh, a pro shop. It was just a wonderful – I was going to do softball 24-7. It was going to be softball, coaching, teaching. I was going to be his lead instructor. And I thought it was my absolute dream job. And it was a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. But I realized very quickly that I, I'm, I'm not in sports for the money. Um, and anytime mm. you're, you're receiving money 
for coaching and teaching, like giving lessons and things, mm-hmm. it, it taints it. it. It changes it. So for me, it took my passion away a little bit because it was a job. Okay. And I didn't. I don't like it feeling like a job because it's something I'm passionate about and something I love doing. Yeah, because when you have a passion about something, you know, it's it's not work. Right. You actually enjoy coming and doing. You get up in the morning I'm like, oh, I get to do this today, and you know, and that kind of thing. Right. So, no, I certainly understand that. So, um, now you did do some coaching with the uh, Pitt County Girls Softball League, mm-hmm. absolutely. And uh, and you got to go to the World Series. Is that I right? Did I did several of the World Series? Okay, mm-hmm. how many did you do for those? Oh wow, it was. I was involved in almost all of them in some mm-hmm. way. Um, I went to Pine Bluff, Arkansas with them. We went to Wilson. We did the one here in Greenville. So um, we were very successful. So we had a nice little stand there. Yeah, and and you think about those, you know, those groups of girls that that kind of came through that that girls softball league. But we talk about all the time, you know, Greenville had at one time was was recognized as kind of like a sports town USA. Absolutely, and. Uh, you know they talk a lot about it being a baseball town of course you know with ecu in our backyard you've got Mm -hmm. Pitt community college in our backyard as well but you know i venture to think that the amount of female athletes that we have in greenville and in pitt county in general um there is such a huge pool that people can can kind of pick and choose from in terms of the amount of talented athletes 100 percent agree and softball talent here is is phenomenal and you know, and I really think that the the Peak County Girls Softball League is one of those those entities that really does foster that that athlete. I think um, it's where it began. Yeah. Oh, I I one hundred percent agree with that. And shout out to Bo Bats just because I know he's going to listen to this Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Um, okay. So tell me how you wound up at Oakwood. Um, I had one of my lessons that was um, taking lessons with me there at the zone. And she went to Oakwood, and her mom came in and said, well, we need an athletic director at, at Oakwood. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wasn't real sure about it. She kept pestering me, kept pestering me, kept pestering me. And finally, I said, okay, I'll go over there and at least talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I went over and I talked to him, and it was, it was absolutely – God knows what he's doing in my life. Everything mm-hmm. that he has meant for me to do, he puts it in my lap. And this is one of those situations, just like playing softball in, in college. He mm-hmm. put it in my lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like going to Rocky Mountain Academy. He, he said, all right, here it is. Um, and going to the zone and then going to Oakwood. And I walked into the headmaster's office, talked to him. Um, I asked him what the job entailed. And, and everything he said was stuff that I absolutely loved mm-hmm. and that I just had a passion about and I wanted to do it. It also was a new program. So I would be starting the program. Oh, okay. I, I was the first ever athletic director, so I started all of their athletic programs, um, and that was exciting to me. So I worked really hard, loved the job, loved the school, and was very hard for me to leave after 19 years. Yeah. Um, but it, it it was exactly where I was supposed to be at that moment. So, you know, being an athletic director is, is much different than being a coach. Absolutely. So what what do you think would be the, the hardest challenge as an athletic director, especially if – now, were you coaching at the same time you were Absolutely. being the athletic director? Okay, so, say. yeah. Whole so, so how do you how do you divide uh, your brain in terms of accomplishing what needs to be done as an athletic director, but also continuing to coach these kids? It's extremely hard, and it's one of the things that I 
I don't like. Um, I think as an athletic director, you really shouldn't be coaching, uh, ideally. But right. in smaller schools, it's virtually impossible. Your mm-hmm. athletic directors have to coach. Um, and I was coaching three volleyball teams and a softball team. Jeez. So I was coaching four teams and the athletic director and managing anywhere from 20 to 30 teams. So it was it was a big ordeal. It didn't start out that big. Of course, it grew, um, and right. it grew slowly. So I was able to handle it to start with because we grew it slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there at the end, once we got everything, it was, it was pretty hard to do uh, by myself. And mm-hmm. luckily, I had some great help to come in. But being an athletic director is um, – way different than being a coach because you have to be be way more diplomatic and you have to think about splitting things up splitting your time splitting Mm -hmm. the the finances um making sure you've got quality coaches in every um sport in every area you've got to manage the equipment you've got to manage the transportation you've got to do the scheduling Mm -hmm. and all of that's pretty tough but it it taught me a lot and i as a coach now and where i'm just coaching it's really helped me because i understand the AD side of it, the behind the scenes mm-hmm. side of it. And uh, Dawn over at uh, Pitt Community College is my athletic director now. And we talk all the time about, she'll say something to me and I'm like, okay, as a coach, this is what I think. Mm-hmm. But I completely understand as an athletic director, what's happening also. So as a coach, it's helped me be an athletic director. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, when you're an athletic director, coaching definitely helps that also. Right. They kind of go hand in hand a little bit. They do, but they are different. As a coach, you are focused on your team. And and you're one group, your team, and you're almost a little selfish because you're you're zoned in on your team, what they need, what's going on. You don't really think about everybody else. Mm -hmm. And as an athletic director, you can't do that. Right. So when you're coaching and you're an athletic director, there's some conflict because you cannot focus on your team solely. Um, So usually my teams would get – I would say the short end of the stick sometimes because I had to give the others more. Um, and, you know, everybody always thinks when you're the athletic director and you're the coach that that sport's going to get more than everything else. That's mm-hmm. the perception that everybody has. I don't think that's true most of the time. I think most athletic directors work really hard to make sure that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was it was tough doing both of them, for sure. Um, that's why I'm enjoying right now just being a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, uh, especially, I mean, you did it for 19 years as the athletic director, but, you know, it it, it probably was a relief that would, you know, you're, you put on your athletic director director cap on when you come in in the morning and you get to you know three four o'clock in the afternoon and it's almost like a relief like oh i can be a coach again and you kind of put your coach coaching hat on and go do you know the coaching stuff and it's almost like a relief that you don't have to think about all that other stuff for at least a short amount of time it would be until your phone rings or you get the message or somebody hollers hey oh hey we need help over here on the baseball field or the soccer field or or somewhere else or Mm -hmm. something somebody broke down on the bus another team so it was hard to focus because you had to do you had to look after those other teams also. Well, speaking of focus, well, you say it's hard to focus, but I'm going to go through and just read. I mean, you were the volleyball coach, you were the softball coach, correct? Yes. Okay, I do remember. You know, softball, I do remember. But you got you had two state championships, five conference championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, it was difficult. Uh, to be an athletic director and a coach, but uh, judging how you're coaching and all these championships, I mean, where where do you keep all the rings? I mean, where do you keep all the banners? Where do you keep all the trophies? Uh, in a box, closed up <laughs> in my garage. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you did that for 19 years. Tell me how this opportunity at Pitt Community College came along. 
again, God knows what he's doing. And he had a plan for me well before I knew what the plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I knew I wasn't exactly right and something wasn't right in my life um, before I got the offer. And I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So, something just wasn't right. Something wasn't sitting right. I knew I, I felt like I wasn't exactly doing exactly what God wanted me to do. And I, I just didn't know or understand what it was. So I was up in the hospital with my dad, and um, I got a text message from uh, Don Manning, the athletic director at, at Pitt, who's also a friend of mine, who also oh, is a friend of mine. <laughs> graduated from Barton, who we played softball together. I lived uh, I lived on the same floor with her for several years in my dorm yeah. uh, back in the day. So yeah. yes, I know Don very well. But um, she had asked me to take this job over um, several times before. Okay, and, and I, I had turned it down because it just wasn't the right time in my life. I didn't even. I wasn't even considering coaching at the college level. Uh, I was a single mom. I had a son. He went to school at Oakwood. I just I didn't want to uproot him, and I knew I couldn't travel, and I knew I couldn't do things mm-hmm. with with a young son. So I didn't even consider it. Didn't even think about it. Um, and then when she texts me that day, my son now is 20 years old, and he owns his own business. He mm-hmm. still lives with me, but he's adulting and doing fantastic, and mm-hmm. no longer needs and probably does not want his mother. So, <laughs> Um, so I'm, I don't have to be there for him all the right. time. And she sent me the text, and she says, I know you are happy at Oakwood. I know you've been there forever. I know I've asked you this before. I just have to ask you this one more time before I make this public. She says, are you interested in the pit softball job? And I responded back, absolutely. And her response was, I'm not joking. Please tell me the truth. And I said, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking either. And she's like, oh, my gosh, call me right now. So I called her and, and I told her, I was like, don't, I really don't know. I said, I, I know nothing about this job. I know nothing about what it entails. I haven't even thought about it. I said, but I do know something's not right with me right now. And I'm, I feel like I need to do something. Mm-hmm. I said, I just don't know if this is it. So she said, all right, come over. And I went over to her office and we, we just talked about it just informally, just to see if, if it was even an option. Mm-hmm. And the conversation lasted about five hours. And I had told her that I had kind of lost my passion for coaching, that I had uh, I wasn't feeling right. Things weren't right. And and she um, she told me about the situation. There was only eight girls on the team and they didn't have a coach. And we had to figure out a way of getting enough girls to play. And all of a sudden I started problem solving. I said, "Okay, well, we can do this and we can do this and we can do this and we can do this because these girls need a team. They, right. they need a team. They need to play. We can't leave them hanging. We're, we've got to get this right. we got to do this. I, so I just started problem solving, not necessarily thinking about me coaching. I just wanted to make sure it was, it was the girls were looked after. Mm-hmm. And Dawn looked at me at the end, and she says, well, Amy, I really feel like um, you found your passion again. She said, you're excited. And I went, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> she, and she said, well. Here we go. Would, would you consider this? And I was like, yes. I said, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to I'm going to think about it. I'm going to see what God wants me to do, and, and we'll mm-hmm. go from there. And I got in my truck, and I had to drive to uh, Rock, Rocky Mount for something, for a tennis match. Okay. And from Greenville to Rocky Mount, I made two phone calls. In those two phone calls, I found three assistant coaches. I found um, someone to take my place at Oakwood. And everything just kind of fell right into place. Um, as I got in my truck after leaving Don's office, I, I prayed to God and I said, God, I don't see the subtleties well. I said, so if this is what you want me to do, I need a big old sign. I need a big old neon sign. I need you to just flashing mm-hmm. lights. Please tell me, guide me 
what would you like for me to do? I said, I have been at this job for 19 years. I love it. I'm comfortable. I said, but if this is what you want me to do, I want to do it, but I need a sign. Mm -hmm. And then those phone calls happened, everything lined up. And by the time I got to Rocky Mount, everything was lined up completely for this job. Wow. And I, I prayed again. I said, all right, Lord, I hear you. That was that was a good sign. I said, but if this is really what you want me to do when I go and do this interview, if I get it, then I know you really want me to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was me questioning God, of course. Um, but went to the interview, started going through everything, ended up getting the job. Or they offered me the job. So I prayed again, Lord, if you really want me to have this job. <laughs> <laughs> please just tell me and and he just kept showing me i mean it was mm-hmm. it was obvious I, I don't know why i'm there i don't know why he wants me there i don't know if it's for me or if it's one of the girls or, or somebody um but he he wanted me at Pitt community college mm-hmm. and i'm very grateful that i'm there i love it um we had a fantastic season i love the girls i love what i'm doing i i 100 believe that i'm doing exactly what god wants me to do in life and that's a fantastic feeling and absolutely yeah it is i haven't always known because you sometimes you just guess and and right now i'm 100 percent positive and that's it's just it's a fantastic feeling so so you accept the job and as you mentioned you only had eight girls to start with yes and so you know and there was a a a real legitimate uh concern I don't I think it was say so. Okay, it was you panic. say panic, I say concern. <laughs> it was panic. Um, uh, okay, I'll use the word panic. <laughs> right. There was a real panic that you weren't going to have a season Absolutely. because you didn't have enough players. So how do you go about getting players, especially in a situation where you need them right now? Right, because I accepted the job on January 5th and the season started January 10th. Whoa, so you only had like five days? Correct. <laughs> Correct. Okay. All right. I I retract my word concern and go to just complete panic slash meltdown. Right. And the good part was, though, even even when I first started talking to Dawn and I knew they had eight players, I immediately started working on trying to find people to play, even Mm -hmm. if I wasn't the coach. Right. Even if I had decided I was not going to apply, even if I didn't get it, I had I had already started brainstorming and trying to figure out, okay, how can we get some kids? Because no matter who was the coach, those eight girls deserved a team. Right. So I was gonna I was gonna try to I'd already made up my mind I was gonna make that happen no matter what. So I had already started a couple little things and just kind of brainstorming. Um, but then when I when I found out I got the job, I started uh, making phone calls. Um, <laughs> one young lady fell right in my lap again god knows what he's doing mm-hmm. um i walked into church and uh, someone said congratulations on your new job it was just announced and i said thank you i said but now if you know any ball players let me know she says oh my best friend she goes to pick community college and she played softball in high school and i said i'd like her name and i like her number please <laughs> and i called her that afternoon and she said yes and she was my starting third baseman and she led the league in batting average this year how about that? So um, it, she just fell right in my lap. She had hung her cleats up, was never going to play again, and decided to come out of retirement and play. And she's going to play again this coming up season. So um, so that's it was word of mouth. I started getting my contacts. Luckily, I have a lot of contacts here in town. Mm-hmm. I've been here all my life. Right. Um, I've given softball lessons, pitching lessons all my life here. So I started putting out fillers and contacts. Who's at Pitt that can play we were able to get a, a couple volleyball players to come that had played softball before mm-hmm. um uh, we, we got the little girl from church we've got a couple other little girls that um just word of mouth got out mm-hmm. and they call me 
So we ended up starting the season with 12, 12 girls. Okay. So, um, which is still not a lot. <laughs> and, and, and no, still, still uh, not in the you. game of softball because, I mean, you're right. You're going to, it's inevitable. Someone's going to get injured some way. You're going to have some bumps and bruises. Right. you got to have some right. extras. And not to mention, we hadn't even talked about um, what positions any of them played. So all I knew is I had 12 girls and I didn't know what positions any of them played. So I had, I had one little girl that had pitched before, um, pitched last year, but she had broken her femur the year before. So I'm going, oh, gosh, I don't know how much she's going to be able to pitch with a, a femur that's been broken before. And then I had another little girl that uh, had done some pitching, uh, and I was actually her pitching coach through high school. But after high school, I told her, I said, okay, you're not going to pitch in college. You're too small. You won't pitch in college. You're going to play another position. And uh, she was our shortstop. But she ended up pitching 151 innings this year. That's um, a lot of innings. And did a That's fabulous job. a lot job. of innings. And that was in less than three months. Less than three months. Like, golly, <laughs> you have some resilient young ladies. But she gave it everything she had. And anytime I try to take the ball away from her, she says, Coach, no, I can finish it. I want to do it. So the girls really gutted it out this season. Mm-hmm. They, they had to work hard. They had to play positions they'd never played before. Mm-hmm. They had to do things. They had to trust me. Um, so I had to gain their trust very quickly, gain their respect very quickly. And um, they they worked really hard. So we, we ended up doing very well considering all those stumbling blocks. We ended up finishing with 10 girls on the team. The majority of the season – we only had um, nine to ten girls eligible mm-hmm. for each game because right. of injuries, different things going on. One of the girls was in the reserves, so she would have to miss a couple weekends. And, of course, she was one of our pitchers. <laughs> so, uh, so, of course. <laughs> hence the 151 innings. <laughs> so, um, we even had some girls pitch that I hadn't pitched since uh, middle school. And they they started working on it, and I was able to tweak them just a little bit so they could give us a couple innings. So we got very creative, and we worked very hard. Um and the girls had a wonderful attitude, and they they gave me everything they had. So, mm-hmm. and that's all I can ex- all I can ask from them. Yeah, and I've been to a, I did a couple of your games, uh, PA for a couple of your games, and I did see that that they they really didn't back down from any kind of mm-hmm. challenge, uh, even in situations where you know uh, it, it, whoever you had pitching might struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. They didn't back down. Mm-hmm. They they did everything that they could, and uh, and that's a testament to the the coaching staff as far as you know their mentality and and not kind of letting things get to them. Um, and I think your experience as an athletic director having to build something from scratch mm-hmm. kind of helped you in this situation as well. Absolutely. And Oakwood definitely helped this situation because Oakwood's numbers were always small. Mm-hmm. So we always had to get creative with our teams, always, mm-hmm. especially softball, because it took so many kids to play. And uh, softball was played during the same season as soccer. So you're always pulling um, big teams from a small number of girls. Mm-hmm. So we, we would get creative a lot. Um, so I would borrow players. We would do co-ops. We'd do all kinds of things. I'd talk people into playing that's never played before. Um, so I, I've, I've taught kids and had kids on my teams that – didn't even know which hand to put their glove on. So I, I was okay with that. I can teach somebody how to play softball as long as they're willing to do it. Mm-hmm. So Oakwood definitely prepared me for that. So I was very grateful for that. <laughs> so you finish your first season. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you have to prepare for the next season. So yes. how has that been going as far as – because uh, you only get these players – correct me if I'm wrong – you only get them for two years. Yes. So And you've had – you've got some players that, that – were only eligible for for this past season so they have moved on Mm -hmm. so now you've got to fill those gaps again so how how has that process been going it's been going interesting um of course i'm behind because we didn't have a recruiting class because we didn't have a fall season right so i didn't have a recruiting class for for this year i only found those couple kids i could pick up um so i only had three returners 
Uh, now those three returners are fantastic, and I'm very pleased with those three. But that meant I've got a lot of recruiting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, over, I think, up to about 10 kids came to me and said, we want to play at Pitt Community College, um, and we want to play for you. So that was fantastic. So I, I was able to, to sign 10 pretty quickly and 10 quality ball players. Um, so I was very excited about that. So, But still, that's only 13 kids, so that's still not enough. How many um, would you be comfortable with? Um, ideally, I would love to have 18. Okay. 18 is a great number. Um, two of those girls, two of those 10 are also going to play volleyball, which means they won't be available during the fall season. Mm-hmm. So with 13 kids and two of them not available, you can do the math. Yep. Your numbers are still very, not enough. very low in the, in the fall, right, to start with. So in the last probably three weeks, I've been really shaking the bushes, trying to find people and, and communicate and sending messages out. And, and of course, in, in true God fashion, he, he tends to put a couple right in my lap. Um, I believe now I'm up to 16 that I've got officially signed, and I've got two more in the hopper, which would put me up to 18, which was my ideal number. So I'm, I'm hoping I'll have 17, 18 um, in the next couple weeks. So... Like where you stand now, like when you get up in the morning and let's say you go to your office at Pitt and you just kind of sit down at your desk. Like if you think back to like when we were, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. I'm not playing, sure I remember that far back. I, I, I vaguely do. Um, but, you know, when you think back to your younger years, let's just put it that way, your younger years. um Did you ever envision yourself being a head softball coach at uh, you know, at a community college that no. you're, you know, putting together and fielding a team. No, not even. I didn't even envision coaching. I, I, I really didn't know. I was very mm-hmm. naive at that age. All, all I wanted to do was play, play. and have a good time. That's, mm-hmm. that's all I want to do. I love to play. I love to compete. I'm super competitive. Um, and I do. This not, I know. <laughs> and I do not like to lose. So this um, I know. <laughs> I, I, I definitely um, I wanted to compete and I wanted mm-hmm. to do something. Um, and then I got old and I couldn't compete anymore. So the best thing to do was to teach somebody else how to compete and and, and go after it and, and share that love for them. So um, I mean, I went from in middle school. My eighth grade year was the first time I ever touched softball. And I didn't have a glove. I didn't have anything. And the softball coaches saw me playing volleyball and said, you need to play softball. And I went, okay, sure. Showed up at practice. I borrowed the coach's glove because I didn't have one. And um, apparently I threw the ball really hard. But, uh-huh. but apparently it was really wild. Yep. <laughs> so so they, they put me in the outfield so I wouldn't hurt anybody. Um, and, and you couldn't predict where the ball was going. So And, and at that time, all I knew was throw it hard. I, yep, I throw knew, it hard. I yep. knew I was strong, and I could throw it hard, and I could hit it hard. And that was mm-hmm. all I tried to do. Um, so it's taken some time to, to, to figure myself out and figure the game out. And um, So I've, I've definitely come a long ways from, from that moment, for, for sure. So... You know, now that you are, I mean, in all, for all intents and purposes, you are a college softball coach. Do you ever think about or do you ever envision, hey, maybe I can do this on like a D1 level? No, no, because I'm right now I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. And I have no thoughts of anything else right now Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm 100 percent positive this is what he wants me to do now. He he sometimes leads me wherever he wants me to go. So mm-hmm. if that comes up, I, I I will listen to God. But right now, this is where God wants me to be, and I'm putting all my effort, all my energy. I'm not, 
I am not looking. I am not aspiring. Right. Um, what I aspire is I want to touch the lives of every girl that walks on my field. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be way bigger than softball. I want to... I want to help them. I want to help them find their passion in life. Mm-hmm. I want them to to find out what God wants them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be there for them, and I want to support them. And softball is fantastic, and softball has been wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a much bigger picture than softball, and I want to prepare these girls for that. And I want to be there for them, and I want to. I, I want them to know that softball is not my top priority. Right. It's those girls. So and it's it's the life lessons you want to pass absolutely. along. Absolutely, Softball has taught me so many life lessons, and I equate it all the time with the girls. Um, I'll take a softball situation and go, okay, this is the same thing. Um, I always preach to them about um, respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I demand their respect on the field or at any time as their coach. They don't have to like me or love me. Most of the time they don't, and that's totally okay. Um, but they have to respect me. Mm-hmm. Um, respect is – and you must demand respect. And I tell them all the time that they should – demand respect Mm -hmm. from their coaches from their teammates from everyone and i tell them when they go into a relationship you should demand respect you Mm -hmm. you should you should carry yourself in a way that you people can respect you um and sometimes if you don't carry yourself that well that way people will not respect you and right you you need to that's how you get yourself in trouble Mm -hmm. and i want them to be confident and i want them to be humble we talk about being humble all the Mm -hmm. time humble and kind um, and, and respect. So I want these girls to understand that they they are capable of doing whatever they want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And if it's go out and win a softball game, what they want to do at that moment, great. But you're also capable of doing anything and everything else that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And use what you learn on that softball field in life to be successful. It's been a wild ride. It has been a really wild <laughs> ride. <laughs> really wild ride. Well, we... Uh, what I decided to do at the end of just kind of going through the this is your life type deal um, and kind of going back into how you got from, you know, this this kid that was just basically trying to avoid chores in the tobacco field to now being a uh, college softball coach. I figured we'd do something a little fun to kind of end things. Great. I'm a little so. nervous. <laughs> Yeah, because of the fact that you know what my idea of fun is. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I decided to come up with um, just a couple of questions, just kind of fun questions, but questions that I think can kind of uh, of get to know you a little bit better. How about that? (laughs) So, okay. So the first question is kind of an odd question. And to preface this, I asked her this question before we even started taping. (laughs) So she already answered it, but I'm going to make her answer it again. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Absolutely not. And why? Because it's a hot dog. <laughs> not a sandwich. Plain but it's simple. two pieces of bread that's holding the hot dog. Doesn't matter. Now, if you take two pieces of bread, loaf bread, and put a hot, couple hot dogs in it, then it might be a hot dog sandwich. But if it's a hot dog in a, in a hot dog bun, that's a hot dog. We could go all day arguing this uh, <laughs> this whole notion. And I'm going to win. So I know, okay. because you argue with me all the time. Okay, would you rather travel to space or the deepest part of the ocean? Ooh, that's a trick question because I hate to travel. So I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> are you are you one of those that when you get home, you're home? 100%. Yeah, I'm I am the same a way. homebody, and I do not like to travel, don't like to go places. So neither one of those are attractive. Like the furthest whatsoever. thing you'll travel is your front porch? Exactly. <laughs> and I get motion sick, so uh, yes. Uh, so okay, my, all right, that's my fair. My choice would be I'd go home. 
Okay. Wait, I probably need to add that to the question. Travel to space, deepest part of the ocean, or home. Right. Okay. All right. I'd love to see both of those things, like through a camera or something. Somebody else yeah. can go and show me. But Ooh, I'm take pictures. I'm not interested in going myself. Uh, yeah, just bring them to my front porch, and I'll go ooh and ah. Exactly. Uh, favorite smell? Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm, I love the smell right before it rains. Ooh, I like the smell right bef- after it rains. True, true. Both, so. both of them are similar. So mm-hmm. I love to be sitting on my. I love to sit on my front porch. Okay. Um, before and after it rains. Okay, since you are a homebody, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this question: Uh-oh. What's one thing that you own that you really should throw out? Oh wow! <laughs> and don't say your son. <laughs> I was actually thinking my dog. <laughs> um. Wow. I probably have lots of clothes that I can no longer fit into that I probably should throw out. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> probably lots of things. Okay. All right. Um, favorite. Well, I I was going to ask this question, but you say you don't like to travel. What's your favorite road trip song? Like if you have to travel with the team. I like anything um, that the team will sing to and, and, and cut okay. up and carry on to. So um, even if I don't like it, now, of course, I am a stickler. We don't listen to ugly music. So there's no bad words or anything on any of the music we listen to on the, on the bus. And the girls kind of give me a little bit of heck about that to start with, but then they figure it out. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- they even do karaoke on the car- uh, trailways buses. So they get the microphone and do karaoke oh, wow. the whole trip there and back. So I just love any kind of music that the kids enjoy. I'm surprised you didn't say 90s country because you're the reason why, for some reason, I have a 90s country collection at my house. Um, what is the most used app on your phone? Uh, group me. Because that's how I communicate with my team. Okay. Oh, well, you know what? And oh, let's go back to that for just a second because you jogged my memory with the group me because I also have one with my softball team. Uh, by the way, we didn't get old because I still compete. So, And we're the same age. So I just, just want to put well, that I out compete, there. I compete. It's just in a different way now. Yes. Well, I still play softball. So, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, favorite quote? Hmm. It doesn't have to be a sports quote. It can be a motivational quote. I have lots of them. I have lots of Bible verses that I would mm-hmm. consider a quote. Um, you know, of course, John three sixteen. Who, who wouldn't love that? Um, also, um, my quote from college that we had on our T-shirt, our practice shirt, was uh, "Pain is temporary, pride is forever." Okay, mm-hmm. that one kind of carries with me um, a lot. I still have that T-shirt in my closet. Definitely cannot wear it, and it's got holes in it and everything like that. But. Um, Anything motivational. I, I love anything motivational. And like okay. I said, scripture is always a great thing. Okay, last question. So I, <laughs> I'm actually kind of glad that you did this just because you said you this wasn't your wheelhouse, but wheelhouse. I, I think you've done a great job so far. Last question, and we will end this uh, podcast. What is your favorite sports memory in your life? Wow. Because I know you've had a lot of them. I have. I have. Are you talking about for me personally when yes, I was playing? Yes, you personally as a player. As a player. Um, Give me one as a player and one as a coach. How about that? All right. Well, I have 
I have a bad one and I have a good one with with me personally. Um, I have a, a bad memory. A coach kept telling me when I was blocking, I was a catcher, and that I, I, I needed to stop scooping with my glove on the side and I needed to get my body over there and I needed to block. And I kept saying, nope, I'm good at this, I'm good. And, and I was pretty good at it and, and doing it the wrong way. Um, and then we had that one game where I missed a ball and we lost a ball game because of that one ball I missed over something that she had told me over and over and over and over and I, I refused to make the change. So, but that was a bad moment in that time, but it's taught me a tremendous amount as a player, for right. sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, as a coach. As a coach, I use that now. Um, so, it, it was bad in that moment, but it was actually really good in the overall because it's helped me so much as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite memories was... Um, Probably when we were in somewhere in the mountains playing, and I hit the cycle. So I hit a single, oh. a double, a triple, and a home run. And then I had one other one, and I can't remember whether it was a, a single or a double. I, I can't remember. Um, and I was all excited about it, and I walked off the field, and my dad was there. And I was like, hey, what would you think? I hit the cycle. I'm not even sure he knew what the cycle was. Um, but he said, well, you should have hit that last one over. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and if you knew amy's dad yeah that's exactly what he would have said like wow (laughs) but but because hitting for a cycle is really hard it's not it's not as easy as some people think it is is. even in softball it's hard to hit for the cycle just the fact of getting that many at bats oh yeah is is the hard part and then you've got to it's got to fall in line yeah you get everything together okay so give me one as a coach as a coach um i tell you I don't know if I can think of a, one exact moment, but um, one of my assistant coaches, um, it, she was Lauren Moore, but she got married this weekend, and now she's Lauren Jordan, um, and her husband is my assistant coach also. Um, I coached her from the time she was eight all the way up, and seeing her as a player and develop and grow, and she ended up, she played at Oakwood for me uh, for four years. She went to UNC Wilmington and played. Mm -hmm. She was an academic All-American. She was an amazing softball player. Um, Ended up going to Brody School of Medicine and became a doctor a Mm -hmm. couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and now has gotten married. Um, Those moments are the moments that I cherish as a coach, Um, because now here she is, she's a doctor, She's married, and she's one of my assistant coaches. She's come back and helped me. And that's to me, gives me chill bumps just thinking about it. When kids come back and kids want to help and kids appreciate what you've done for them and you mm-hmm. see them grow and develop, that's, that's the moments that I'm looking for in coaching. Well, it's validation for Absolutely. everything that you have done you know as a coach you know all the things that you said your goals the life lessons that you want to teach these kids that it's more than just softball it's everything that you take away from the sport and you know and seeing that kind of come to fruition with a a former player of yours that just kind of as a coach that just kind of gives you the validation that you need they say okay i am doing what i'm supposed to be doing and i've had hundreds of girls just be super successful and and that just that's so rewarding to me that that's what the coaching is about for me mm-hmm. yes we had some state championships which were great but those are moments and those are not really life lessons it's, mm-hmm. it's those kids that worked hard and made something of themselves even if it wasn't softball that's that's those moments that's the moments that i i cherish as a coach well amy gardner 
Doggone it, you have made it to the end of this podcast. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> and, You're look, a miracle. and look, I I didn't make it hard. I told you I was going to try to I make agree. it as easy as possible and as painless as possible. Even though you say pain is temporary, pride is forever. Exactly. However, I tried to make it as easy because you. I am grateful that you agreed to do this. Thank you. Because I actually did have to sit down and collect myself when I texted you and asked you to do it. And you said yes. And I went, uh, I need to sit down. Amy just said yes. I have no idea what just happened. I told you, God is leading me in my life. And he told me to say yes. So I said yes. So definitely out of my comfort zone, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, I thank you for joining me on my inaugural podcast of Storytellers. And I wish you nothing but success. I say I wish you nothing but success, but I really don't need to wish you anything because you are doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. And you are, that. well, I, what I mean by that is, is you don't need my help. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> I can always use help. <laughs> but uh, I, I do uh, wish you nothing but the best because I firmly believe, and I, I've always been a believer in your coaching abilities because I've seen you not only as a player but as a coach. I've seen the way you do things and you do it the right way. And uh, for you to have the amount of success that you've had so far in in something that you've literally had to start from scratch with is pretty awesome to see. So I'm looking forward to seeing what. What's going to happen in the future so thank you for coming on to this podcast you're very welcome thank you for having me all right and we will see you next time on storytellers